0: Hi, this is your host, Corbin. And I'm Alan. And this is your guide for Denis Villeneuve's Arrival. Before we get into the making of the film, allow me to take you back to 2016 to remember the top movies released that year. They were Moonlight, Deadpool, Captain America Civil War, Doctor Strange, Rogue One, Suicide Squad, Zootopia, Moana, Fantastic Beasts, Manchester by the Sea. And from that year, we have reviewed La La Land, Split, your name, Ten Cloverfield Lane, Star Trek Beyond, Rogue One, Ghostbusters, Patterson, Crecia, Swiss Army Man, Jason Bourne, Batman, v Superman, Dawn of Justice, Batman the Killing Joke and Kung Fu Panda 3. All the links to those reviews are in the show notes
1: below. We've done a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've done a lot of these. Uh and 2016 is also a year that I feel like I was in the theater a lot just in general outside of the podcast. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we done a number of these movies. This is a very familiar, familiar year. I mean, it's not too surprising. Because it was only, you know, about a handful of years ago, but yeah, a lot of those movies are very familiar to me. If you'd like to reminisce more about the films
0: of 2016, then head over to letterboxd.com and make sure to follow me on Alan over there. Links to our profiles are below. At the 88th Academy Awards, Best Picture went to Spotlight. The story of Arrival begins all the way back in 1998. With Ted Chang's short story titled Story of Your Life. Director slash screenwriter Eric Heiser wanted to get it made into a film for years, but couldn't get any traction with producers. Ted Chang never imagined this story would end up being adapted into a film. Finally, Heiser got some producers on board and they came up with Denis to direct the film. They sent Chang a DVD for Incendies, which gave him confidence Denis could properly adapt his story. At the start of the 2014 Cannes Film Festival, before a frame had been shot of this movie, Paramount, along with five other studios, got in a bidding war over domestic distribution rights. They nearly outbid Universal. At the time, it was a record deal of $20 million. Paramount expressly didn't want to miss out on Denise's next film, since Lion Gates got the right to Sicario. At the time, Denis was approached to direct, he was actually working on Prisoners. He admits he didn't have time to write a screenplay for Arrival, and he didn't even know how to crack the story for the screen. Once he was done with Prisoners, Heiser sent him his draft, which made him very excited to direct it, but he first had to do Sicario. Thankfully, audiences only had to wait a little over 13 months between Sicario and Arrival's release. Making a sci-fi movie had been Denis' dream since he was 10 years old. Amy Adams was their first choice to play the lead, Dr. Banks. She wanted to break from acting to be a mom, but the story spoke to her so much, she had to do it. Stephen Wolfram, who is a scientific engineer, developed the alien language used in the film over the past 30 years. The pebble, egg shape of the ship is Denis' idea. According to a Deadline interview with Denis, that wasn't the only change the director made. The film adaption is removed enough from the short story, Denis felt they shouldn't retain the same title. Not to mention he thought it sounded like a romantic comedy instead of a science fiction movie. A producer three years prior had suggested the title Arrival. After sifting through hundreds of options, Denis thought it seemed the best choice. Denis said, even if it wasn't ideal, it was the best. The only big hiccup they experienced during pre-production was the release of Christopher Nolan's Interstellar. According to Heiser, in an interview with Collider, he said the original ending for Arrival would have the heptapods giving humanity the gift of blueprints to an interstellar ship, like an ark of sorts, so humanity could get off Earth and start colonizing other planets, which would, very minor spoiler right here, put them in a position to help the heptapods 3,000 years in the future. During the marketing campaign, a poster of a UFO hovering over Shanghai's Oriental Pearl Tower angered the people of Hong Kong causing the poster to be pulled and Paramount attributing blame to a third-party vendor. The film premiered at the Venice Film Festival on September 1st, 2016. Unfortunately, Denis was not able to attend since he was shooting Blade Runner. The film ultimately premiered in the U.S. for a wide release on Friday, November 11th, 2016. Arrival received eight Academy Award nominations at the 89th Oscars, the most any Denis film had received at the time, marking 13 total nominations across his released films. Despite tying for second with most nominations with Moonlight, La La Land being first with 14, it went home the biggest loser of the night, winning only one of its eight and not in a major category. So, Alan, what were those eight
1: nominations? So those eight nominations were uh, Best Motion Picture of the Year, Best Achievement in Directing, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best achievement in cinematography, best film editing, best sound mixing, best sound editing, and production design. And it walked away with only sound editing, uh, which usually if you win one of those sound categories, you win both of them. But this, I guess, is the exception to that rule. Um, It only got one of the sound categories. Everything else uh, didn't get it.
0: That is true. It is a little surprising. It was beat out. But I guess when you know what it went up against, a majority of the time it lost to La La Land. Um, it looks like it also lost to Hacksaw Ridge. Adapted screenplay, mm-hmm. it lost to Moonlight. And this was big. Denis himself finally got nominated for Best Director, but he lost to none other than Wonderkind. Damien Chazelle for directing. And yeah, this movie got nominated for Best Picture. And it's a science fiction movie too. And I- I'm struggling to remember any science fiction movie that's won... Best Picture? Now, I'm sure somebody will pull up something that I'm totally forgetting about, but, you know, usually it's dramas, and Moonlight is a drama, and Moonlight won that year, but nevertheless, a very big deal for it to be nominated for this many Oscars. Unfortunately, it lost pretty much all of them. Right.
1: Yeah, this is, they're just looking at the Best Picture nominations for this year. Moonlight, Fences, Hell or High Water, Lion, Hidden Figures, Manchester by the Sea, those are all dramas. Right. Uh La, La Land and Hacksaw Ridge, I guess is probably a drama, but La La Land is has dramatic elements to it, but is it's a musical. You know, a musical yeah. at heart. So yeah, you're right. For what it went up against, it kinda stands out because it's, you know, a science fiction film, not really a drama necessarily.
0: There is a couple other firsts with this one as well. I already mentioned um he did this in conjunction with Paramount. That marks his first time working with a big name, older Hollywood studio. Um, I guess you could say he did kind of work with Warner brothers on prisoners. That wasn't as quite the same collaboration that he did with um, Paramount pictures here. Also, this is the Mm -hmm. first time um, he has ever made a PG 13 film. All of his previous films have either been rated R, which is um, five rated R films and two not rated films. Now, as for scores go, depending on who you ask, this is considered his best film. Yes, you heard that right, listeners. Depending on who you ask, this is his best movie. It has a crazy high letterbox rating of 4.1, not the highest. It is actually tied for second highest, but that's still almost perfect.
1: That's wow, that is very impressive. 4.1. Wow. What's the IMDb and Metascore? I bet those are pretty high then as, as well.
0: They are. The IMDB score is a 7.9, very close to an eight, Man. and a meta score of 81, which makes this wow. looks like it's tied for second highest meta score, whereas Sicario at an 82 was the highest.
1: Wow. That is really high. What's the Rotten Tomatoes? I bet it's like my guess is probably in the 90s for the critic score.
0: It is. It's actually the highest um score. His film has gotten so far. It remains to be seen if Dune will overthrow it. It received a 94% certified fresh. Only 6% of critics didn't like the movie. 82% Mm. of audiences gave it a thumbs up. Not quite as high as Sicario, but very, very close. Um, It's not his highest audience score by a long shot, actually. Um, This might actually surprise you. This kind of might throw a wrench in all of these scores. It did receive a cinema score of B. You would think with all these other high scores, it would have gotten an A or an A+, but no, just a B.
1: Interesting. I mean, these are all really high scores. And I wonder, you know, being that this is Denis' first PG-13 film, it's going to, you know, attract a wider audience than a rated R film would. And he's been primarily known for making rated R movies that are rather serious and really heavy. So I wonder how much... um, you know, if had a rival been rated R, what well, I wonder what the difference in score would have been with that. Just because you know you have a difference in uh, in audience between those two ratings. But either way, this is still very impressive. Uh, this is some of the highest scores we've seen so far for Denis consistently across the board, which is looking pretty good for next for this monday
0: there is a possibility if it was rated r it may have done slightly worse across scores but there is also a case to be made that it actually would have done better if it was rated r because mm-hmm. we if we take a look at incendies and prisoners um incendies has an 8.3 on imdb prisoners has an 8.1 a 4.3 on letterbox and a 4.1 respectively with um not quite as high scores um and cindy's does on rotten tomatoes but prisoners has a b plus on cinema score right so there is a possibility if they if he somehow could have made this r then it could have been better oddly enough it's it's shocking it did actually make it onto the imdb top 250 just for 2016 though when it came out um it ended the year at position 110 so at the time Okay. Um, people considered it the 110th greatest film of all time. It fell off the list after that year, and it has not been back since.
1: I mean, that's still pretty high. It's about midway up the list, a bit more than halfway up that's that's still pretty uh, a pretty good place mm-hmm. on that list. Um, it doesn't really surprise me that it was on there. Uh, it's a bit surprising that it fell off the list, but either way, it still was there on the top 250. Well, what did it make at the box office then? because these scores are looking really high. It's PG-13, so I'm guessing it did pretty darn good in the box office.
0: It does have a very modest budget of $47 million, which Denis has worked solely with very low-budget movies um, until Blade Runner. His next film would be a very big-budget movie, especially for him. So it did open with $24 million, only number three at the box office, Um, mm. just like Sicario, it was not able to get that number one spot. So it was beat out by Doctor Strange, number one at the box office, two weeks in a row. Wow. Trolls was number two, and that was its second week as well. Finally, Arrival, it went up against Almost Christmas, which I don't even remember that Universal movie. Find- and then <laughs> number five rounded out the rounded it out with Hacksaw Ridge.
1: Okay. Yeah, going up against Doctor Strange, uh, you know, an established company like Marvel and Disney versus Paramount's new IP arrival from a you know a director that is it has really good scores, but has done movies that, you know, not everyone's probably gonna see. It's no surprise that Doctor Strange continued to stay number one and Arrival came out number three.
0: Yeah, I'm questioning whether it was the right choice to release this in November, Mm -hmm. because the next week was Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, the highly anticipated follow-up to the Harry Potter series. So, of course, it crushed it, number one at the box office, pushed Arrival down to number four, and then after that was Thanksgiving Day weekend, and... Surprise, Disney released Moana, which pushed Fantastic Beasts out of number one, Doctor Strange mm-hmm. down, actually allied the Robert Zemeckis movie, another movie by Paramount Pictures. They're kind of uh, fighting each other there in the box office, it looked like it actually um, premiered at number four and it knocked a rival down to number five. And then it was just pretty much downhill from there. Gotcha.
1: Wow. So, yeah, it pretty much got buried, unfortunately, in the box office and in terms of placement, Uh, With those back-to-back releases with you know coming out with Disney being already in theater with a Marvel film and then the week after that another Disney film so It's no surprise that it you know in terms of placement did okay, but not super great
0: it domestically overall it grossed 100.5 million dollars. I Mean for a budget of 47 million. That's pretty good In the foreign markets, it grossed 102.8 million dollars for a worldwide total of 203 million dollars.
1: Yeah, so this is definitely a success. I mean, on a budget of what was it, 45 million? Yeah, 47. Um, Close, 47 million. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's. I mean, you made more than double your budget back. It made a lot more money than that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, it's. I would say this is considered a success, despite you know the box office numbers maybe being a little bit lower than. You know, because of what it's already out, but either way, this looks like it's financial success. It
0: definitely is. It also should be noted at the time. This was Denis' highest grossing movie um, domestically Mm -hmm. in the foreign markets and just worldwide. His movies had never made anywhere close to this, really. I mean, Um, It looks like Prisoners made around $122 million worldwide, but this was definitely a big win for Denis on all fronts. All right, Alan, thanks for joining me. I'll see you on Monday. Sure thing. Thank you, listeners, for coming along with me as I have been your guide to the production and impact of this film. Now that you have your guide to arrival, make sure to subscribe to the podcast for Alan and I's full review coming next Monday. And tune in the week after as we review The Greatest Film Never Made. Alejandro Jodorowsky's Dune. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin.